Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guests are Leonardo Ferreira, Ph.D., who is Associate Dean and Director of Graduate Studies and Associate Professor of Broadcasting and Broadcast Journalism at the University of Miami, and Ileana Orosa, who is Director of the Spanish Language Master's in Journalism Program and a Journalism Lecturer at the University of Miami. Today we will discuss Hispanic market journalism, including one of the few Spanish language journalism programs in the United States. Leonardo received his Ph.D. in mass media from Michigan State University and his J.D. from the Universidad Nacional de Colombia Law School. He's a regular contributor to the BBC's Servicio Latinoamericano on communication issues. He is author of Centuries of Silence, the story of Latin American journalism to be released in late 2006 in the United States. Ileana joined the School of Communication faculty in January of 2000. For the previous 22 years, she was on staff at the Miami Herald. In her last position at the Herald as assistant managing editor, she supervised newsroom operations in the evenings and was responsible for the universal desk and A-section content. She was foreign editor and arts and entertainment editor and served on the editorial board of the Miami Herald. She began her Herald career at El Nuevo Herald, where she served as city editor, features editor, and general assignment reporter. She has an M.A. from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and a B.A. from Newcomb College and Tulane University, both in English literature. Leonardo and Ileana, welcome. Thank you. In this world of increasing demographic and technological change, where general markets are shrinking and 70% of the growth in the U.S. is expected to come from minority markets, where print and broadcast journalism are joined by online media, including blogging, podcasts, and videocasts, how can we define journalism today? I think that the definition of journalism hasn't changed. I think that journalism as the way by which the public is informed so they can make good decisions to run their lives and their countries, I don't think that has changed. I think the way in which we communicate and we transfer that information has changed a great deal, but I don't think the definition really has changed. What do you think, Leo? Recently, I uh, had a uh, colleague who was written now in the Annenberg School, Professor Seliger, who was uh, is a British scholar, trying to tackle, like many scholars, what the definition of news is. And it's not an easy definition, certainly, like Ileana is saying. Uh, actually, a lovely definition at one point was presented like news are dramatic stories over time. And certainly, we have a lot of drama in our current days to tell about. And if we stick to that definition, which is not perfect by any means, but it is it, interesting in the sense that if, if the mission of journalism and the goal of journalism is to tell the stories and the dramas of the everyday life of individuals, then that has not really changed. We have uh, had all of these dramas of human existence for long and will continue to have it. What it, was, what it has changed is really the way that we have been telling those stories and the boundaries of the media we use to tell those stories. Like you very well know, uh, Elena, uh, we used to, for many centuries, to have it as speech only, as basic writing. The discussion was about writing. Then it turned when the printing press came, talking about the printed word for several centuries. And as technology speeded up with railroads, telegraphy, telecommunications, and all of this suddenly is speeded up to the point that we ended up with cyberspace and with con convergence of video, text, and, and uh, images, and, 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 and talk that uh, today virtually uh, we can uh, interchange so easily because of the technology. But the real world of journalism as such and the mission and the purpose has not really changed. My, my concern, I guess what I, what I think is uh, the biggest challenge that we're facing right now when it comes to these uh, new methods of uh, presenting um, the news is that we come up with a viable business model. That's, that's 
one of the real problems is not what journalism is, but how do we make it a viable business model? Because the 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 web is um, playing a huge role, but but media organizations haven't quite figured out yet how to make money from that. In the meantime, uh, print media and uh, broadcast media are seeing um, a reduction of their audiences and readers, and so. Um, you see a um, great deal of cuts um, taking place in newsrooms, both in print media and in broadcast media, and therefore the operations, um, the news operations are getting smaller, and our ability to do the kind of reporting that has been a hallmark of American journalism for the last 50 or 100 years is curtailed, and, and that's an issue that... that um, that I worry more, not so much definition, but how do we maintain the standards that we have maintained at a time where everything is changing and the big, corp the big corporations that own media haven't quite figured out how to make it financially, um, it's still financially viable, but a growth business the way it used to be. So. And I'm connected with this concern about the business and the activity and the profession itself. I think that it's very important not only what we do and the defining of journalism, the definition of journalism, but also or even how we do it, uh, talking about the technology, what kind of media and channels we use to communicate. But more importantly, our thing is who, uh, what for and who are involved in this process of journalism production and reporting. Uh, over the history, we have problems about but pro probably journalism was too elitist and dedicated to those who knew how to read or dealing with people that were powerful in government or that uh, that have the possibility of, of exercising their their uh, prominence through the media. But today we are realizing that the journalism is becoming more and more an activity that need to consult uh, the basis of all the actors involved. And here, minorities in the United States, for example, is a very, very, good, very good case that if in the past, uh, some of the minority voices, like many other voices, had been practically depressed or outside the milieu and the flow of information of previous uh, decades and centuries. Now we have a more complicated landscape of actors, and we're asking the question, who should participate in the reporting, stories about what kind of people, for what purpose, and to benefit who? Uh, and that's, that's when we, uh, if we connect this to the viability of the business, then many people are asking about the emphasis of the nature of the audiences. Before it was the, 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 the speaker, the, the center of all of this process. Now we're very concerned that it's not only the speaker or even the medium, uh, like uh, many theorists, including Marshall McGuhan, used to investigate so carefully. But now we are even putting more and more emphasis on the audience. And that's where many of the answers to what the future of journalism uh, is are really uh, held. Uh, that's where we will find a lot of these answers, and that's why I find we find very interesting to talk about uh, a program like ours because it's a program intended to to bring into the world of journalism more actively, more dynamically, uh, minorities and a part of the world that has not been as prominent in the past. It's interesting that you mentioned right up front the concern with making money or being able to make the online media viable because at the same time having that opportunity has opened the doors for communication and for news in a way that we've never seen before in the last what would you say three five years communications have been revolutionized not only within the United States but outside our borders, people being able to connect with other people so much more readily, so much more speedily. How would you say that this has been, how has journalism adapted to these changes? And you also talked about a reduction in readership. What what are your thoughts about how this came about? And it, it's all sort of one question together. Well, let's talk um, first about how journalism has adapted. I think journalism is trying to adapt. I think when you said that there had been a revolution, I would say we are still in that revolution. We're still trying to figure out what, where to go from here and how. 
So um, most newspapers now have websites. Television stations are constantly sending you to their websites for more information. So I think, you know, the, the news organizations are adapting to that. Um, but what the final form is going to be, I don't know. Will there be as many blogs? There are millions of blogs right now. Will there be millions of blogs in five years, or will there be 10,000? That's a lot of blogs even, you know, 10,000. But right now we have millions. So I, I, I don't have a very good crystal ball. My crystal ball only works for tomorrow, but, <laughs> but, uh, and even so. But, um, but I do think that we're adapting, and that's what makes our, our job here at the school so fascinating right now is that we're trying to figure out and helping our students to figure it out. I tell my students, I can teach you what I know and what I used to do, but the kind of newspaper and the kind of television programs and the kind of radio and web programs that, that you're going to be reading in 10 years, you have to create those. You have to invent them. It's your job to revolutionize the media. And sometimes I say to myself, cool, and I'm glad I don't have to do it because it, it's a hard job. So, um, you know, where it's going, I don't I don't know, but it definitely will change. I fully expect that 10 years from now, what we know today uh, as newspapers and television news shows um, will, will be different. Um, what has caused the shrinking audience? I don't think people are reading less. They're just... They just have so many other options. So they can go and read um, in the web. They can read magazines. There are so many options. People are reading. It's just that the newspaper um, is not what many people um, find useful right now. What the web has done is, is, is amazing. I was talking to a young man from, um, from Peru. And he was telling me that he was doing a seminar on blogging in Peru. And I said, but do enough people have computers in Peru so that, you know, blogging would be um, an effective thing? And he said, look, there are Internet cafes in the tiniest villages in the highest mountains of Peru. So actually, even though people don't have a computer at home, they have access to computers, and therefore, the goings-on in these little towns, in places where before the media never reached, they now have a way to communicate because they create a blog in, in the middle of a mountain somewhere, put it in their Internet cafe, and it reaches, you know, the world. So actually, even though um, not everybody has a computer, there is enough computer access that the Internet is providing uh, an outlet for news for places that were ignored before. I think that, uh, and uh, I uh, don't disagree with Ileana, and I actually agree with most of what she, she has said, but also I would like to say, and it's not a disagreement with Ileana on what she said, of the universality and the access of the media. I think that w when we talk about all of these questions of new technologies and with the digital revolution we have, I am very historical in my approach, and we have similar questions uh, in the past and as we read with the printing press, similar questions with radio technology appear, similar questions uh, obviously with happened with satellite communications that we thought were going to be the magic multiplier and, and solution for all the educational problems and the readership of the audiences. And no one, who could have underestimate the printing press, who could underestimate radio as a technology in television, space communications, and who could ever underestimate digital communications when we don't see living ourselves without a computer in front of us. But none that, so all of these revolutions technologically come to force uh, activities, including journalism, to rethink themselves and to adapt to the new realities. And, and we don't have all the answers, right? Sometimes we haven't, even with the experiences of centuries of the printing press, have all the answers about what really the printing world means in a society. But we aspire to resolve those questions, and we're working on it, and the journalism profession and the newspapers and magazines and, and all of these ways of producing broadcast journalism are, are adapting to the technology and doing the best they can. But at the same time, I don't like to reduce uh, the issue of the technological revolutions as to tell my students, which is what I do in the program, tell them that the solutions of journalism are only merely technological ones. 
and that for us is only to understand how the impact of the new technology works, and then we will resolve the questions of journalism. But uh, journalism as an activity is a complex activity that combines science, technology, art, creativity, and all of these things produce this, this area of journalism. I'm concerned with the, with the technology that, that there is problems of access to the technology, uh, uh, even though it's true that you could go to the mountains and the, and the favelas in Brazil and the uh, slums and poor neighborhoods in Quito or in Bogota and find these cafes, evidently that's the case. But when I look at the, the information of the data of computers in Latin America, it's still uh, between no more than 10 and 15 percent, actually between 5 and 15 percent for the countries with the greatest access to computers to, to in terms of having computers at home or the number of ISPs or the numbers of host computer uh, uh, centrals uh, that, that, that tell us that there is a problem of access. Uh, recently, Microsoft was discussing about, not Microsoft, actually, MIT was thinking about producing a computer that will cost $100 to make it available like the transistor radio at one point to everyone. And eventually, everyone ended up with that transistor radio in the rural areas of the third world. And right now, MIT is thinking about that we could create that computer and have it marketed and distributed of 100-dollar computers everywhere. But Microsoft was not enthusiastic about that and thought that it was too limited and actually didn't espouse that and supported that notion of the 100-dollar. So the issue of access is, is, a, is a serious concern for me. Because if journalism is about involving and connecting individuals and letting civil society and everyone that has to tell a story to say it, even though it's a very open format, the Internet, and there are a lot of thousands of bloggers and people participating, the technology is still expensive, is still costly and, 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 and problematic for vast amounts of millions of people around the world, certainly in the Americas, and, 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 and that's affecting journalism as well. Uh, so, so in other words, there are many unanswered questions, but hopefully as we move on, uh, we will be able to, uh, to provide some of those answers. And that's the purpose of this program in many respects. We are using this program not so much as the magic crystal ball solver of the problems of journalism, uh, but as a forum in which students from different traditions, from the Anglo-American world, Hispanics, Spanish speakers, which may be U.S. citizens, Anglos, actually, Anglo-Americans that speak Spanish, come here to tell us their experience and their perceptions. And then we have the Latin Americans, recent immigrants or for generations in the United States, or living with one foot here and the other one in, the, in Central America and the Caribbean or South America, to tell us what their stories are, their perceptions, and try to come up with some kind of interesting discussion of the main issues to try to produce a journalism that is more engaging, more involving, more inviting, and higher quality. In the last months, Spanish language networks like Univision and Telemundo have been incorporated into the general market English language Nielsen ratings. And, according to the publishers of the Standard Periodical Directory, Hispanic market publications demonstrate the largest growth of all publications in the United States in the last 10 years. At the same time, studies, including a recent one presented at the 2006 National Association of Hispanic Journalists Convention, indicate that general market media include coverage of Hispanic market topics only rarely. Is this impacting traditional journalism, these changes? And if so, what does this mean specifically for Hispanic market-oriented and Spanish-language journalism? Well, it's an opportunity, right? I mean, if, if mainstream media isn't covering Hispanics, uh, then there's the opportunity for television state, uh, television uh, networks and Spanish language media to, 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 to provide the information that Hispanics in the United States want. What, what the number that, that is commonly used now for the number of Hispanics in the United States is 40 million. That's a huge population, bigger than most countries in, in Latin America. And if the English language media isn't providing the information they want, and we know that they aren't, well, then here's the opportunity for Spanish language media to cover 
not just what's going on in the United States, but what's going on in Latin America that is of vital, vital importance to Hispanics here. And it's a very good opportunity to really rethink the activity of journalism everywhere in the continent, and certainly in the United States, because English-speaking media has not been able to really connect with this huge community that now is the largest minority, and has not found really uh, the way yet to uh, to make it as as prominent and as as uh, as impacting uh, as the English language production. But at the same time, the Spanish media. There is a lot of newspapers in Spanish around the country in the United States, but the, but most of them are very unstable. Many appear, uh, disappear here and there. They stay stagnant to a medium size because of funding problems, which means that many advertisers and many investors are not truly convinced that that's the way to go. And I'm a concern. You, I will ask um, if I were an investor, like Ileana is saying, you have a population of a potential audience of 40 million people. Why wouldn't you invest in the media, the Hispanic media? But nonetheless, the reality is that we don't see the flow of invest, investors coming up to back up the idea of having uh, magazines in Spanish, new ventures, new dailies in Spanish. Actually, many our experience with our students here in the program who are Hispanic working in the major newspapers of the United States is that they are cutting the budget or that they are not at least uh, increasing the budget for the, for the newspapers type of uh, Nuevo Herald that exists around the United States. So, 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 so it's interesting. The media is growing. The population is growing. Uh, the audience is growing. The population is growing. But nonetheless, the stability of the media and the actual productivity of media news in Spanish is not necessarily growing and is very unstable. So something is going on. And the something is going on is that probably uh, the standard mainstream media today, including broadcasting uh, in the major networks and the main newspapers, Perhaps because they are big and they come from a tradition of thinking in English-speaking basis and transferring things into Spanish now, don't quite get exactly what is what the audience wants, except this easy uh, entertainment that we may see sometimes that is not even reflective of the creativity and the high quality and the cultural sophistication of the Hispanic community. And in the meantime, the Hispanic community, which don't see themselves reflected in the main English media, although they 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 try to be to be tuned and surveil it and be connected to it and subscribe to it, are not necessarily completely convinced that either the English-speaking media or the Spanish media are serving them. And that's why we have a lot of bloggers and people who are producing very interesting material in Spanish, but still are not big enough to have an outlet to be well known and to make a more macro social. Impact. So this is an ongoing, uh, evolving, very interesting and arresting uh, uh, kind of reality that we are humbly studying here in the University of Miami and thinking that through our discussions and our forum and our issues, we may come up eventually with interesting proposals. I, I, I tell you one short story here is that recently we entered in discussions with the McCormick Foundation of the Tribune Foundation. And who were very interested in our approach that we told them, we believe here, some of us believe here as faculty members, that the key for the answer of many of the questions that we have in the Hispanic world may be in researching more deeply the fusion between the Anglo-American tradition of journalism, the European influences of journalism, which are very different from the U.S., and the Latin American tradition of journalism. And in addition to these three main traditions, the tradition of the indigenous cultures that are very moving and active these days in the continent again, right? And then from this fusion, find the answers to what is the kind of journalism that we need to produce. And we are very fond of keep doing research about it. And the very pragmatic people in the Tribune group are thinking that it has a prospect to do that. And they're looking forward to see what our conclusions will be about that. So we are in asking them for support, and they are at least very interested, which before it was very difficult to get many of these foundations interested about uh, thinking seriously in the future of the prospect of what Spanish journalism is. So I think that we need time. And, and our program is young. It has uh, four years, and uh, it goes into a fifth year, and our, uh, four, four, year, uh, four years, and then uh, we, are, we are going to uh, try to find some of these answers as, 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 as the time comes. Um, hopefully we will have something to contribute. 
Ileana, you mentioned the traditions of American journalism a, a little while ago and maintaining the standards. And Leonardo, you just mentioned a moment ago a similar issue. How do all of these demographic changes, technological changes, and shifts in the economic model, if you will, how do all of these things come together and how does this affect the end result in terms of, for example, the training, the preparation, and even the ethics of these newcoming journalists online and offline who are just sprouting all over, as you mentioned earlier, some of which don't stay around for very long, some of which may not have a lot of journalistic experience or track records, and some of which, as someone recently said to me, this is an online publication, and I'm not, I'm not tied to the old traditions. I can release information in what looks like an editorial format, even though it's paid for content. But this isn't a newspaper. I'm not bound by those traditions. How is all of this coming together? Well, you know, one of the reasons that the tradition in journalism that we adhere to, verification journalism, um, an attempt to be objective, uh, to leave out opinions, um, an attempt to, to write only the things that we know because we have, um, we have um, sourced them, that if somebody else tried to do the same story, they would be able to do it because we followed certain, you could call them scientific methods of research to get to the information. All of those things um, are there in part. You can say in part it's because it's the right thing, but in part it's because if people don't trust you, they're not going to buy your newspaper or listen to your radio show or listening or listen to your TV show. So all these people who are uh, creating quote-unquote, a new kind of journalism uh, and who, quote-unquote, don't feel like they have to adhere to the standards, those people, I dare say, may not survive for very long because who wants to read things that may not be true? Who wants to read things that are not well-founded? So when I was telling you before that we're in the process of a revolution, there's going to be a thinning out because who has time to read stuff that in the end might not be the real thing. I mean, how, uh, there might be 10,000 websites out there, but I don't have time to read 10,000 websites, so I have to go to the websites that I can trust. And eventually, those that have no standards, those that aren't based on principles that allow the reader to say, oh, yes, I can believe them, I don't think they can live for very long because who's going to go there? I think that uh, even though I'm less fond of the notion of objectivity these days that has been undergoing through a serious rethinking. Uh, it was very nicely put by Columbia University in one, the Columbia Journalism Review some couple of years ago, that we're rethinking what objectivity really means. I'm very fond of the notion of verification and information, and verifying information and about being becoming relevant. I think that uh, in, relevant in a meaningful way. Uh, in this, and very fine could be that way of becoming relevant and meaningful. It is true, there is, we are bombarded with an, an incredible amount of information. And journalism in its different forms, online, print journalism, broadcast journalism, all kinds of blogging journalism so active, we need to, uh, they need to, they want to survive, become relevant. And when I think in the Hispanic community, I think that very few of them really have learned to become very relevant to their lives. I wonder sometimes how much uh, the, the most prominent, well-known and established media have learned to understand the dynamics of the life of the Hispanic tradition here and, and, and then be responsive to, to their needs uh, in the way they really need to and with the efficiency that they need to receive this information because they don't have time. They need to spend a lot of time in surviving in a new society that offers different opportunities, but, but there are needs of, of, of going through considerable hardship and effort. And the media who is really thinking in becoming relevant, either through information or through entertainment or through providing information about the advertising and the, and the, and the 
services available and the products and the things that form part of our everyday economy, uh, who are thoughtful and critical thinkers of trying to understand what's going on with the reality of everyday life and people are the ones that are really are going to become important and will make uh, this business flourish. But I think that right now journalism is uh, in this crisis of finding what is exactly uh, what, what is necessary for people, and, and they are trying different things. And I don't think that, uh, that we can have a very good example of saying these, these networks, these newspapers, some are doing better jobs than others, are the ones that have found the key to understand a new community like the Hispanic community and offer what they need. And this could be very true for many other communities, not only Hispanic, that are here. For example, the needs of women, for example. I think that uh, journalism is in this, uh, in this need of, of an open rethinking, replanning, and reconsidering what is that we have done for centuries as tradition, and that tradition will serve us well, but tradition is not enough anymore. Now tradition will be very important foundations. There are ethical foundations, there are uh, technological foundations, way of doing journalism, foundations that go deep down in decades and years before. But I think that we need to be very creative now in journalism to understand the new times. This is this sort of postmodernism today in which there are many questions, more, much more, many more questions than answers. And, and, and we need very creative thinkers and evaluators of, of the reality of journalism to try to put us into the new century. What avenues are available to aspiring journalists who want to truly learn how it's done without trivializing the news and prepare for the future? What opportunities are available? And specifically for those who want to share their talents with a Hispanic market-oriented bend? You mean educational opportunities? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that the, the best journalists are the best educated journalists, the journalists who know how to write a story, definitely, what the history of journalism says, but also who know about science, about art, about politics, about history. So I think that um, aspiring journalists, first thing they need to do is read and learn and, and, and pay attention uh, to every opportunity that may uh, allow them to know better about their world. I mean, we, you know, I can, um, I can uh, do a little bit of self promotion here, we have a, a Spanish language master's in journalism program that tries to, to train journalists who want to work either in the United States or in Latin America uh, in Spanish, uh, and we try to offer them a well-rounded program where they discuss uh, journalism traditions, they discuss journalism history, they discuss research methods, and uh, in general, uh, give them the tools to be the best journalist they can be. And, and we try to give them the opportunities to become a very state-of-the-art uh, school of communication. We try to have the most updated uh, educational tools possible for the students to take advantage of it. Uh, a library that is improving considerably in their, uh, uh, in, in their online services and, 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 and access to databases and to physical items and journals that are being so that they are up to date to the to the publications. Uh, try to have uh, investing in 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 the powerful and, and good quality renewable every time computers that that could be used for improving journalism in terms of the written word as well as the images. So in other words, in terms of technology, in terms of the faculty we're hiring, uh, well, like many other schools, uh, we are really putting all the effort we can. But it's not only technology, it's not only access, which sometimes is underutilized. We have a lot of access to information, a lot more information, but not everyone is using it. Not even the computer sometimes is used intelligently. With all the information that is available, very few people are able to really distinguish what are the, 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 the services which the, the web pages that we can really trust. And many people read a lot of these dot-com information that are there that are not verified at all and are any inventions and belong more to the popular culture world than to the, the world of, of uh, verifiable educational information. And 
So it's not everything about technology, it's not everything about uh, resources, but it's also about how to approach the new times. And that's what we also try to do here in this program, is to try to tell the students we need to be thinkers, uh, educated thinkers, people willing to become human beings that are uh, not satisfied with what they see right now and willing to improve it and, and empower uh, regular, ordinary individuals to become better human beings, and that means more ethical uh, journalists. That's why we place emphasis in teaching the law and teaching the ethics of journalism. We want them to understand and have a, a broad picture of what journalism is, so there is a need for a historical perspective of the evolution of the industry. We want them to understand what, how communication works, and that's why we spend considerable time in the theories so that we, they are updated about the, how scholars and others think about how the, is it that communication works. We also obviously emphasize and go out of way as much as we can in terms of the editing, the reporting, the, the layout, the gathering of news, and the actual structuring of news so that we can have a more, uh, you know, broad-based, comprehensive journalist that is not thinking that this is simply a, 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 a technique. This is only a vocational activity that I learned a few tricks and then I just jump into the market to start writing news. That, that's not the kind of journalism we're thinking about. We're thinking about preparing and educating journalism in this very complex profession that, yes, it needs techniques, it needs practices, it needs uh, technology to be understood, but also needs a great deal of education, thinking, uh, soul-searching so that they know about the art, the history, who they are, where are they going, and at least they can ask the right, right questions to try to come up with you know, interesting answers for us to become a better society. On a more practical matter, we make it easier for um, for journalists or aspiring journalists to come to our program by the way in which we offer it. Um, it's not a program where um, you have to quit your job for a year or two years, um, as often a master's program takes. Um, but we teach it in um, it's almost like an executive program um, where our students come. Uh, to our university twice, um, five times a year for two weeks, and in two very intensive weeks, five times a year, they take um, the courses that um, that are necessary for the program, um, and then they write a, a major paper, and um, they do a lot of the work off campus at home in communication with the faculty via the uh, email, um, and so it allows for people you have to get your boss to allow you to take those uh, two weeks or five times a year off and, and come to, to get a program, get your degree, but it's a, it's a much um, more practical way of, um, simpler way for people who are working, journalists, working journalists, and we have several of them in our program from Latin America and the United States to, uh, to get a degree and to get the training they, they want to get. They, uh, over a dozen students have come from from the continent, from uh, uh, the United States to Argentina. And uh, we think that we try to make it, in practical terms, easy for the students for, for coming here and, and getting this education and this exposure. Uh, most of the students comment that that's one of the good things of the program they like. If this is an opportunity for an, ex an exposure that they usually don't have necessarily in their newsrooms. It's an opportunity to get out of the everyday pressures of the everyday routine, very important as it is, of working in journalism, but an opportunity to sit down uh, on a different setting with colleagues of several parts of other, other, other countries, but in similar uh, situations, to discuss and exchange experiences and, 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 and issues and views about how journalism should work. You, you, you could say, and Elena, we have been discussing here, that, that you could have in this conversation, in our long answers with Eliana and with me, like two different perspectives about what journalism may be. If you ask us what journalism is, probably with Ileana we'll have different perspectives. Ileana, I, as I see it, have a, a lot, a very uh, ground-based experience of years of working with the news media. And you will see from Ferreira, from me, more the academic scholarly view. And, and, and we like that because we have this um, academic perspective uh, from on the one side and half of the coursework deal with this academic, theoretical, if you will, that sometimes is underestimated in the practice of journalism. Why would I need theory? 
like by many practitioners have said, there is no very good practice if you don't have a very solid theory. So you will, you will have on one side the theoretical part of this profession and this studying of journalism, these journalism studies, and on the other, the very hands-on practical uh, experience of the classes of how to do things in a relevant way. So, so we, we like the fact that you come uh, five times a year for two weeks intensive, don't have to quit your job, and it's come to this forum of these opportunities of studying and discussion about journalism from a theoretical, academic perspective that will enrich the practice of many of these journalists, and on the other, at the same time, the practical things that they do every day, but that they could do with others and with faculty members that have the experience of doing it another way and share their experiences of how is it that they actually go about doing journalism. And we think that for one year, one year later, these students uh, have an interesting um, experience that will no doubt uh, enrich their their profession. In fact, we're proud to say that that a good number of the most, I shouldn't say most of them, but easily half of them already who have come into this uh, program has been promoted within the fi first year to positions of higher level in the respective organization, and we're very happy of that. And when we ask them the question why you have been promoted, they say because really, uh, more than anything, the exposure and the opportunity to have these, these discussions have somehow improved us as, as individuals and as professionals. And, and, and then we're, we're very in love with what we're doing in the program, really. And I'm and, and very ambitious and uh, I hope to, uh, to continue doing that with as many uh, Spanish-speaking journalists as we can. It's very interesting what you say, because I've heard a lot of emphasis from both of you on Spanish language journalism. In what way, if at all, are your undergraduate, and of course now your graduate programs, how are they different from other journalism programs throughout the country in terms of preparing students to well, Report. you should just to, to make sure that, that we're clear, most of our programs are in English. Uh, we don't have a Spanish language undergraduate program. Our undergraduate programs are in English. Um, only one of our graduate programs, the Master's in Journalism, is in Spanish. There's also a Master's in Journalism in English and a Master's in Broadcast Journalism in English, and those are regular programs. And even in those programs, because of where we are, we have the influence of Latin America, the influence of a fair number of Latin American students. So the topic of immigration, the topic of minority journalism, the topic of covering the news in a multicultural community um, like Miami, that's uh, part and parcel of all our programs, whether in English or in Spanish. Are there specific courses within your programs that prepare the students for that diversity-oriented coverage? That, that's a very good question. I would say that even though the Spanish-speaking program here at the University of Miami, as in many other programs, actually has come out like an offspring of the English language programs, which had a long tradition in the uh, United States universities. Even though that's true, what I would say is very different, Elena, and your question, that is a very good question, about this Spanish language journalism, is that I would say that this program is probably one of the first programs in this country that really thought about teaching journalism in a very bicultural fashion, uh, sharing uh, the reality of uh, a Hispanic world that have different experiences in the same geographic uh, reality, of the cultural reality in the United States, if you will, or even in the Americas, with the Anglo-American tradition as rich as the Hispanic, both of them equally rich and equally historic, but very few programs in the United States in English, and I tell you this as a, as a person who went through a master's program and a PhD for over a decade in the United States, uh, the bilingualism, biculturalism, I shouldn't say bilingualism, the biculturalism, bicultural approach in most of the English language programs in the United States is is an exception more than the rule. Well, here we have a program that is really has been created and designed with the attempt of sharing experiences in equal footing of the two traditions. And that's, that is really different. That's when I think we are really different, is that we are offering to a Spanish-speaking American journalist working in 
in, 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 in Wisconsin to come here and share the experience with a Spanish-speaking journalist working in Lima, Peru, or in Argentina, or in Bogota. And I, I feel that very few programs offer that opportunity here in the United States as we speak. Now, our but, school, the School of Communication, is kind of global-minded. Um, in addition to the Spanish program, there is a large interest in not limiting um, our classrooms to sort of a U.S.-centric kind of point of view. So a lot of our faculty members are interested in taking our students out into the world. Um, our faculty members have taught seminars in Latin America. This summer we had faculty taking students to Mexico, to Spain, to China to Prague, so this school places, I, th I think probably because we're in Miami and the world comes to us, we go out to the world as well and, and we are maybe more sensitive than other schools as to the, the, the importance of creating journalists who can work in a, in a global society. So the whole school is very interested in um, in, in spreading out and making sure our students are aware that, um, that they're not working, in, they're not training to work in insulate, insulated, uh, tiny little communities, but in, in, in a world community. I'm glad that you mentioned faculty because that was what popped up in my head when you were describing the program and I thought, so is it a challenge for you to find faculty with that kind of view of journalism? It is very challenging, very challenging, Elena. And we are, are uh, we have to confess it's not easy to, uh, to get the faculty members that think in those terms of various perspectives. In, in equals, uh, uh, you know, they have the ability to to uh, move across cultures and be able to feel comfortable going to Mexico and report about the elections in Mexico like we have with, with Dr. Uh, Hughes in journalism now in Mexico with several students of, of our program uh, going to our school, going to Mexico. But people that feel comfortable to go to Mexico and report there and do what they know how to do in Spanish in a Latin American country and come here in the fall and teach it uh, with the same comfort and same level of knowledge that they do here in the United States. The same thing, I'm originally from Colombia, so I always strive to take people down there to South America, or I just came from Spain. Ileana went this year to Guatemala, uh, and uh, then uh, has been abroad several um, couple of occasions. You have even been in seminars with professionals going to the Caribbean. And, 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 and then we, we are very uh, focused on the notion that we need to have multiple perspectives. And finding faculty that have that kind of multiple approach is not easy because they tend to be either centric towards the U.S. way of doing journalism or even the Latin American way of journalism and somehow defensive, both of them thinking that one is better than the other one. Well, we here have a program that thinks that none of the two are better than the other one that they have a lot to share and borrow from each other, and that probably the solutions to the many problems of journalism that we see today may be in comparing and in sharing and infusing all of the traditions we have, like I mentioned to you before, uh, including the European, because we even have in the School of Communication European students that come from Italy, from France, and, and we have, like Ileana mentioned, students that go to Prague, and, 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 and we are interested in having actually exchange right now. We are signing agreements with the Universidad Complutense in Madrid and the Universidad de Salamanca in Spain and, and having contacts uh, with them and with the, the French universities to come here and I'm precisely working on that so that we could have faculty members from literally all over the world possible and tell our students here in Spanish uh, what, what, is, what is going on in the world of journalism. How about accreditation? I know that in academia oftentimes you're required to have advanced degrees is that a challenge, and, and how do you overcome that? It is a challenge, and we are, it is a challenge, and we are in the process being new of being reviewed first by the university itself. So the university created uh, four years ago the program, in a, like always happens with every program, to see in tenta tentative basis, and we have been approved by the Senate of the university, in which they are going to next year undertake an evaluation of the program, of which we feel very confident, and then 
as we speak, next year there will be several visitors evaluating our programs. And I'm sure the Association of Education and Journalism and Mass Communication will come here to uh, evaluate our program as part of the already accredited English program, which, by the way, in the recent reports that we have of AJMC, AJMC approved unanimously our school communication programs in journalism and mass communication, uh, actually with, with, with very positive remarks, saying that, that we are a very mature uh, school that could, although not as old as others, but mature nonetheless, a program of somehow broadcasting since the 1930s here and a school since 1985, and that we can take on other ventures, of which this one of the Spanish language masters is one of them. But most of the faculty in the Spanish language program are full-time members of the faculty and have advanced degrees. Uh, Professor Ferreira, Leonardo teaches in the program, Sally Hughes teaches in the program, and she has an advanced degree. Uh, Luke Langton teaches in the program. Uh, Gonzalo Soruco, these are all bilingual faculty members from the School of Communication who happen to also teach in the Spanish program. And who are doctors, uh, doctors, uh, very few actually masters that we have, but at least a master's degree, and all of them had uh, uh, been teaching in the undergrad and the graduate level courses, and all of them are members of the graduate faculty, not only of the School of Communication, but at the University of Miami. So even though AJNC didn't review our program in the last accreditation visit, most probably they will do that. And part of the reason is because this issue of journalism, Spanish language journalism is so new that we can actually count. That's why we say a few programs. Uh, as far as I know, we have a program, uh, the oldest is in FIU, then us, then we have a couple of programs in Texas. Uh, in El Paso, Texas, there is one that is becoming very important for the for the Mexican-American community. Uh, we have here a broadcasting uh, program with, the, I think it's uh, St. Thomas University has a program. So this is becoming a University of Florida teaching also courses or in starting to teach courses in Spanish. This is an ongoing but a young experience that even the accreditors are new to it, and they don't even know really how to evaluate it. Uh, they will be evaluated on the basis of, of the journalism credentials of any other school, but, uh, but they also need to understand the uh, specificities and the special needs of, of these programs and what we are trying to achieve, and I'm sure that the uh, Accrediting Council, or ACJMC, uh, is thinking about how to uh, look at this new uh, uh, you know, wave, a new generation of journalists being trained in, in, other, in languages other than English. Sounds like you're going through a very exciting process with a lot of growth and a lot of novelty around it. If we could go back to the master's program for a moment, it sounded like it was designed to be especially practical for professionals who are already on the job, who already have years of experience under their belt. Would you expand on that a little bit more? Tell us about that master's program and and the details, um, how many students have gone through the program, and, and who is the ideal candidate? Who should be getting a master's in journalism? Well, the program, we, are, um, we will start our fourth class in September. Uh, in September. Um, the classes have been small because it's such an intense program, we couldn't possibly have a large class. So we have from eight to ten students in each class. Um, we have had, I would say, a little more than half are um, working journalists and the other uh, half people who are interested in journalism who have other degrees and, and might want to um, start a career in journalism. Um, we've had a couple of lawyers go through who are interested in, in uh, making a switch. The ideal candidate, I would say, is somebody who is if I, if I had my, my brothers, and I would say 15 years from now, who would you like to see in your program? I would, like, I would say journalists with, um, with five to ten years' experience who, who want a, 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 an advanced degree because they want to deepen their knowledge. They may, maybe want to move into, um, into positions of, of more responsibility in their newspapers. Um, want to broaden their um, their horizons, and um, 
but who already are journalists, so that this would be more of a of a professional training program. We're not there yet. We have a lot of students who are young and who are um, sort of starting out on, on their career, and and they're fine too. Um, we we have um, they they learn a lot from the exchange with uh, with uh, those with um, with more um, with more uh, experience in uh, in journalism. The classes are exactly right now. It doesn't mean that it might not change as the program evolves. But right now, for um, accreditation purposes, because we're a new program, we basically have the same classes that are taught in the English language journalism program. Um, that includes uh, writing and reporting and editing and theory and research and history, history and methods. methods. And um, as I said, the students come for two weeks. In each of those two weeks, they attend classes eight hours a day, four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon, and do the coursework um, for um, two, two courses. And then they, they get assignments, which they do um, once they go home. Um, at the end, after they complete the coursework, they take a series of written exams, just like the, uh, the students in the English program do. And then they write um, a major paper, which uh, completes the, the requirements. And it has the same intensity of the credit hours for accreditation purposes of any other regular master's. And, uh, and so no different from the criteria to organize uh, graduate studies uh, in other programs here at the school or the university, or the nation for that matter. If you check the websites of other other uh, schools, uh, particularly, for example, the Graduate School of Journalism at Columbia University, they have the similar format of the, what they call as the part-time students, and although in a different arrangement, different way. But uh, but uh, m many schools are trying these days to to uh, adjust to the needs of the working journalists. We want journalists that love the profession, that are uh, convinced that journalism is what they want to do for their lives professionally, and we happen to have right now early career journalists who are within five to ten years, or actually in the, the first five to ten years of journalism in their respective uh, newspapers. It is originally print media, not broadcast news, but we are slowly as the needs come because some students actually want out of the convergence more classes with broadcast news. We do have a class in computer-assisted reporting, so we deal with online journalism as part of the of the printed word journalism. But I, uh, I, uh, I see that our program will go more and more into a broader definition of news and, and reflecting the convergence of the technology as, as, we, as we have more, more experience. We bring in a lot of uh, guests, uh, working journalists. We take advantage of the fact that Miami is a major news center, so we have guests from, from the different uh, newspapers and television stations come to speak to our students? I tell you that it has not been easy. It's a struggle convincing not only an institution in the University of Miami, but convincing a community. Well, although Miami doesn't need to be convinced, but convincing in a country and our community that we needed this kind of program in Spanish. Uh, when you know how the tendencies tend to be that uh, not two more than two languages tend to divide a community, and then there has been there were fears about uh, how much it was needed to really teach this in Spanish uh, in full-time basis. So so now that uh, that decision makers are more convinced that this really serving and filling a vacuum and serving the community better, then we expect to have expect to have more support. Leonardo and Ileana, thank you for joining us. And to thank our, you, Elena. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Our pleasure, Elena. Thanks. And to our audience, thank you for listening to today's interview with Leonardo Ferreira, Ph.D., Associate Dean and Director of Graduate Studies and Associate Professor, Broadcasting and Broadcast Journalism at the University of Miami, and Ileana Orosa, Director of the Spanish Language Master's in Journalism Program and Journalism Lecturer at the University of Miami on Hispanic Market Journalism, including one of few Spanish language master's programs in journalism in the United States. Brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. 
providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your comments, suggestions, questions, or ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.